The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Craig, thank you. 507 on the Central Coast. It is Monday, January 23rd, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. Sam Cotton joins us during the 6 o'clock hour this hour. I hope you'll stick around. I think this is going to be a very important conversation. Our friends at Caltrans have been particularly busy this month, so we're very pleased that they could find time to join us. They come on a couple times a year and just talk about what's been happening on the highways and the byways, but obviously this month there's particular interest given all the storms. So Dave, shut up and introduce the guests. Uh, we have uh, Richard Rosales. Richard is the interim Caltrans District 5 director, which means he's very busy. And I've known Jim Shivers forever, but I don't know his title. Jim, what do we call you? Uh, these days, public affairs manager yeah. uh, for right. Caltrans District 5. But not an interim. Not interim, yeah. no. Gentlemen, nice <laughs> to see you. I'm glad we're all wearing blue shirts. Good to be here. Good to be here. Oh, thank what, you. A, what a month we have had. But what a month you have had. Richard, looking back on the last few weeks, what do you think? You guys were really challenged, weren't you? Uh, we have been. It's been uh, extremely challenging, uh, Dave. We've uh, worked through it, though, and we're continuing to work through it. Um, luckily, our staff has responded in um, in, in great uh, form, as always, and uh, putting in a lot of overtime and uh, a lot of hard work. Do you train under different scenarios for what happens if? flooding happens or heavy rain happens is that well, part of your training we, we have we do preparation prior to uh, big events and and all through the year so for fire um, and for and and for these type of events yes so i guess in this case i'm asking did you know in advance were you prepared for the extent of the damage or were you surprised um i think we were surprised by the extent it was a pretty major event that happened and um you know all counties seem to have some form or another of, of damage. Um, we've had, um, you know, record, uh, well, I don't want to say record, but we have about eight, over $8 million worth of emergency work going on, on the, in San Luis Obispo County, and most eight of that million. on the coast, yes. $8 million. Jeez. Uh, Jim, were you surprised? What's your reaction to the events of the month? You know, every year is different. Uh, no two incidents are the same. Um, they're all acts of Mother Nature. I think whatever Mother Nature deals us or, or brings our way, we're simply ready to respond. We have a great team of uh, maintenance staff and uh, construction engineers, and we accept the challenge of, of Mother Nature. But again, it, it, it varies from year to year, whether it's uh, significant slides or um, a bridge damage. Um, it varies, but we're, we're always up to the challenge. So let's start with Highway 1. How bad is the damage of Highway 1, and what's the status of Highway 1 between Morrill Bay and Monterey? Well, it is currently closed from the uh, Elephant Seals uh, Vista area all the way to the north. What was the northern limit, Jim? Um, uh, Lime Creek. Lime Creek. Uh, so I can get as far as the Elephant Seals. Yes, okay. that's, that's correct. So we've had three major um, slides in the... Uh, that Big Sur area. Um, first one is uh, just south of the uh, Monterey County, San Luis uh, uh, County line at uh, what we call Polar Star. 
um, and it uh, pretty much t- um, it's a slide that covered the whole road, so to the point where we can't access it and the residents as well. And then um, there's another slide um, about uh, 22 miles, no, 18 miles into the county line, and um, that one's called Mill Creek. Again, covered the roadway, um, and we have crews um, working on both of those, and also Paul slides to the north. So we have three slides in the area that's actually um, um, uh, there's no access to the residents that live there, and there's probably somewhere between 80 and 150 residents that um, that are. We're now coordinating with the Mon uh, Emergency Management and the Governor's Emergency Services for for they're taking over for how to get uh, um, services to those those residents. And what's the realistic timeline then, Richard, to get that back up and running again? So on the south at uh, uh, Polar Star, it's six to eight weeks. Um, you know, as we as the contractors moving that material, he's going to start from the top and work his way work the way down. Um, we will have um, updated information on on progress and, and revisit that timeline. But six to eight weeks on that south side. I don't have a timeline for the Paul Slide um, area. Uh, we're working on that, um, but significant enough that um, you know it's going to be. It's, it's Sounds be- like I shouldn't plan on going to Ragged Point anytime soon. Uh, no, we wouldn't be accessible to that, so unfortunately. Yeah. Jim, what about the rest of the county? What kind of hit did we take in terms of the storms? Well, in this county, I think the only other real uh, incident was on Highway 41, uh, the area between Morro Bay and Atascadero. We had a slide in that region. Um, the usual places, uh, Nipomo, um, Oceano, um, typically are areas that... Uh, we see uh, flooding, but overall in this county, I think we fared uh, pretty well. Uh, no incidents uh, along Highway 1 through Morro Bay, Cayucas, Cambria uh, fared well, San Simeon fared well. Uh, so uh, we're pretty, pretty pleased about that. It seemed to be worse to up in Northern California, Richard. Yeah, they get um, quite a bit of rain up there, so I think that's... Uh, well, we did get our fair share, but it, it seemed like they got more rain uh, from the Big Sur area to the to the north. All right. Uh, we're being joined, if you're just tuning in, by Jim Shivers and Richard Rosales from Caltrans. They're nice enough to come in once or twice a year just to talk about what's happening out on the highways. We'll invite your phone calls in a little bit because I know you have questions as well. Oh, so we had the storms, but this has also been a period of record construction for District 5. Has it not? It is. We're... Uh just shy of a billion dollars worth of uh, workout in, in construction, about $925 million worth of uh, construction. And we've been teetering, you know, 950 and what was the highest we got, Jim, 975? Uh, about 975 to 985. We've been, you know, getting close to that $1 billion mark. I know when I started with Caltrans uh, 17 years ago, all, all of a sudden, uh, the total in our district was about, Three hundred twenty-five, three hundred fifty thousand. Uh, so to be uh, on the cusp of that one billion uh, dollar mark is significant. This is District Five. In District Five. So this is all five counties from yeah. Monterey all the way up to uh, Santa Cruz and San Benito County and Monterey who, County. Who's the decider? Who decides who gets what money? So. Um, comes from different pots. One's the State Highway Operations and um, Protection Program. Um, that's the, what we call the shop. Um, that's to deal with our current um, assets that we have. You know, it's our bridges, our pavement, um, 
um, our um, uh, tra- traffic management systems and culverts. So all those are um, we, we review them, and, and when they they need to be um, improved, you know, they're, if they're in a poor condition, then they're scheduled to be replaced or um, rehabbed. And so we kind of have to set that aside and. And then other monies come to the um, the locals entities like Slowcog here, um, out of the uh, state transportation improvement program. They get seventy five percent, and the state will get twenty five percent of that. And and you know we like the um, projects out on um, uh, forty six. They're part of the uh, the uh, state transportation improvement program. That's that that the um, state gets, and and most of that funding is from there. Yeah. Jim, can you give us any good news about Highway 416 East and the Y intersection? Well, I know it's been a long time coming. We're happy to announce that we expect construction on the 46 East 41 Y project to begin later this year. It could be sometime uh, this spring, weather permitting. Uh, that project will uh, began in concert with our existing widening project through the Shalam area called the Shalam segment. That's another uh, roughly five-mile stretch of widening Highway 46 from a two-lane uh, highway into a, a transform into a four-lane expressway. So that particular project starts uh, just east of the uh, Shandon Roadside Rest Area and continues to just east of what we now say is formerly uh, the Jack Ranch Cafe. So continued progress on Highway 46 East, uh, projects that started 2006-2007, uh, and most segments on the San Joaquin Valley side have already been completed. Uh, there's one uh, small segment uh, known as the Antelope Grade, which is the remaining uh, section to be widened. When that's complete, uh, we can proudly say that uh, 46 East will be completely a four-lane uh, expressway from Paso Robles uh, to the Lost Hills uh, region in Kern County in the That's Valley. absolutely amazing. Yes. Amazing, Richard. What's the timeline on that? The Antelope Grade? Yeah. Well, we're currently working on the design and um, acquisition of uh, property for that. So uh, we do not have the 70-plus uh, million needed for the funding as yet. Um, but as we work towards that, we'll, um, we, we put in for um, federal, federal funding and um, SB1 funding as well. So um, we're, we're keeping working, working to get it ready to when the money falls from the sky there, we'll, we'll be able to yeah. complete that, put that golden spike in the in the ground there. All right, we have plenty to discuss with our friends from Caltrans. We have Richard Rosales and Jim Shivers here. We have more to come. We'll take your phone calls as well. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. News Talk, KVEC. Craig, why am I not firing off? Uh, let's mm. see here. Mm. Let me just see do this. The X-Radio we... guy comes in and... All right, here we go. Here we go. The Goblins have taken over the studio. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dave Congleton Show. Uh, Michael Dunn is going to be here tomorrow. Mark Wilson... Mr. Radio is going to grace the studio with us on Friday. 
We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. I'm Dave Congleton. This hour, we're just uh, in conversation with the folks from Caltrans. Richard Rosales is the interim Caltrans District 5 director, which means he's really busy. Jim Shivers from Public Affairs is also here. If you have any questions at all, feel free to join us. 805-543-8830. Calls toll-free at 800-549-5832. Always glad to read your Text messages on the Stolberg Tatum text line. What do you want to know about Caltrans? What questions do you have? Richard, I need to ask you, because I'm not that familiar with it, why, why is Caltrans involved in broadband? Um, thanks, Dave. Um, well, it's part of the uh, governor's, uh, uh, Gavin uh, Newsom's uh, uh, initiative to um, provide broadband to um, access to the, all the communities. So there's a lot of underserved underserved communities that um, do not have access to the internet, and uh, we've been tasked through the uh, California Department of uh, Technology to work with them to uh, install, um, basically, a, if you will, a trunk line um, in our our property in our right of way on our on our side of the highways um, to achieve this 10,000 miles of uh, new um, broadband cable. So what that is is. Is um, we're putting in the ducts, the ducts, and then the uh, pulling in the fiber optic, and then the that's the first part. That's called the middle mile, and the last mile would be the um, the um, telephone companies pulling in the from that from that trunk line off to where that needs to get uh, into the communities. That's pretty impressive. Let's take some calls. We start with Brian up in Creston. Hey, Brian. Hey guys, um, thanks for having these guys on, and uh, sure. it's going to be a more specific question to an issue out in Creston. I just had a question about um, we're currently uh, trying to do a paving position that ties into Highway 58, and um, it's an existing truck trail that already exists, and so I'm just trying to figure out the understanding of is there a workaround to having to get this thing surveyed and all that stuff. So does, is you're you're working on a, a development for a, a connection to Highway 58? Yeah, so it's already there's already a development there that's been there since before Highway 58 went there, and um, so there's you know five or six homes, and we've already paved the road back in there, with the exception of the three foot section that connects to Highway 58. Um, and this is a truck trail that has access for the fire department and everything that's already there. It's a deeded access. So the road's already there on the county maps and everything. So it's not anything new. We're just trying to improve it right. versus yeah. having the dirt there. So if it's a, um, a a private road, which I'm not I'm not sure if it is or not, but if a private road, then it's it, not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. So then is it a part of the county county road system? I think it's the urban, yeah, the rural urban. So there's still some dirt roads out here. So if there's a, a, a missing connection to whatever entity owns that that road, would would work with us to get a permit encroachment permit um, to facilitate that construction of that that piece. So who should Brian contact? It sounds like the county to me. Yeah, have you talked to your supervisor, Brian? Oh, that's a good point. I'll, I'll reach out to yeah. Debbie. Thanks a lot. Okay. Good luck. Lance is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Lance. Dave, how you doing today? We're good, sir. Thank you. Good. I've, I've been kind of waiting for when you're going to get your trial, trial, Caltrans guys back on. Cause, well, they're here. They're here. Uh, 
<laughs> I know. I got two rest stop questions. First off, the rest stops up by Camp Roberts. They went down November of 2021. They were supposed to be back online September of 2022. And now they're going to take until September of 2023. You go by, have not seen one bit of work in I don't know how many weeks, months, or whatever. What's going on with those rest stops? Go ahead. Well, we're, we're very, you know, looking forward to getting these rest areas open. There have been, uh, from my understanding, some supply chain issues during the uh, the COVID times, uh, there was some illness that did go through the, uh, the job site, uh, at one time. I know that was the case down when we were working on Gaviota. Uh, I can assure you that, uh, we're working very hard to get these rest areas open. We do understand the importance, uh, that they have to the traveling, uh, public. They seem to be closed uh, a lot. They, they're closed. Because they're heavy-use facilities. And, yeah. and, and when you're thinking about a facility that is used by hundreds of thousands of people, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are occasions where we need to go in from the ground up and and basically rebuild or improve uh, the wastewater treatment systems yeah. uh, at these facilities. So it's, you know, we're as anxious to get these open uh, as anyone. Lance, you had a second question? Yeah, well, it, it kind of dovetails what you said, Dave. I, I mean, Dave understands how many, uh, you know, thousands of miles I travel around this nation by car. Our rest stops, first off, are some of the worst in the nation, and they seem to be closed an exorbitant amount of time compared to other states. And I just, I, I, I'm at a loss. I mean, the, the, just as an example, this one up north of us is going to be closed for nearly two years. And I know the one out on 41 east of uh, Paso uh, is closed uh, a fair amount of time. And the two down and towards Gaviota, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw them open. So it's, uh, but I go to other states, they're building new ones. They're, you know, the, the, they're open. Um, I'm just at a loss of why California has such poor rest stops. Well, I wouldn't say that they're, they're poor rest stops. I think that Certainly, there are some facilities that are older that need more work than others. Uh, we have invested uh, millions of dollars into improving uh, these facilities. We understand the time frame may, may not be ideal for everyone, but we're dedicated uh, to getting the job done, getting these uh, facilities open. And, and again, we've continued uh, to invest millions of dollars to so that we can get long-term use out of these facilities all right lance thanks for checking and off we go we've got california headline news and abc radio news craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together we will continue with richard rosales and jim shivers from caltrans take more of your phone calls and uh, answer more of your questions right here on hometown radio
Sam Cotton is on this broadcast during the 6 o'clock hour. Meanwhile, we continue with the folks from Caltrans. We have Richard Rosales. He is the interim Caltrans District 5 director. Jim Shivers is also here. We're taking your phone calls. The gentlemen come by once or twice a year just to report about what's happening with Caltrans and to answer any questions you might have. 805-543-8830. Or 800-549-5832. Call in, text in, chime in. You, did you want to follow up on the restroom comment to Richard? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, the uh, So some of that back order was uh, due to uh, electrical equipment needed for the monitoring of our uh, wastewater um, system there. So critical critical need. Um, it, unfortunately, it, it's uh, part of that whole supply chain issue. Um, so... Um, Hopefully, to, we can uh, move forward with that uh, fairly quickly. On, on these projects that we talk about, how much advance time do you have typically? I, I, we're going to be working on the 101. How far in advance do you map that out typically? Uh, I would say around six years prior to uh, long? go to construction, yes. Why does it take so long? Well, we start out with a um, what we call an initiation um, report. And then that uh, that's needed so we can secure funding. And then we have to wait for the um, for the uh, funding cycle for whatever um, um, funding uh, is available for that particular type of project. And then we have to go through the um, early environmental stage and approval. And then we just des- go through design and possibly acquisition of property. And then we get to the construction phase. So that all takes time. Is the environmental concerns, is that a major factor in, in the projects? You have to spend a lot of time dealing with those environmental safeguards? Uh, yes, we do a thorough job of uh, ensuring that we're not, um, um, you know, impacting any cultural sites or any species of concern. Um, so those type of things we, we totally vet in our process and um, and in, in a lot of cases take those out um, to the public for a review um, of, of what we've come up with. All right, so, Jim, where are we now with uh, U.S. 101 in Walsona? Uh, inching closer and closer uh, for that project. Uh, we hope to advertise for that a very important safety project uh, this coming spring. Uh, we've had a history of incidents, traffic incidents, collisions at that location over a number of years. Uh, fortunately, none uh, in recent times. Uh, this is... Uh, Really important project that will transform uh, US 101 at Wilsona Road. Uh, the project would include uh, a nearby uh, undercrossing, which would eliminate the at-grade left-hand turns that are currently being made uh, on 101 at Wilsona. So it'll be a much improved uh, location when the project's done. And again, any timeline on that? Uh, this coming spring, when uh, when the project uh, advertises, which means that prospective contractors can look at the specifications of the job, and then they submit uh, their proposals to the state on what they think that uh, job would cost. Hmm. And then, Richard, let's jump down south, down south of Santa Barbara, Montecito, and Carpinteria. Work has been going on forever. How are we doing on that? So that's the uh, combination of a brand-new HOV lane, a third lane. Uh, we have one section that was opened up um, um, late last year uh, down in Carpinteria. Um, we have um, – it's all brand-new um, uh, concrete pavement. 
out there. And uh, if you ride that pavement, it, it's so smooth. It's, uh, it, it's a big benefit over what we've had out there before. So I said it's a combination of uh, rehabilitating the existing pavement. So we've, we're um, partnering with um, um, SBCAG down there on funding-wise so that we're taking care of the rehab- rehabilitation project as part of our State Highway Operations Protection Program, and then they're taking care of the uh, HOV funding for part of their measure funding. Has the technology changed much in road construction? Um, I think the um, it's, it's been tweaked so to, to get a better um, better product. So they continually always testing, we, testing um, you know uh, structural sections, the longevity of it using rubberized asphalt, but in this case, um, you get a 40-year life out of this uh, um, concrete pavement. On the Solberg-Tatum text line, listeners asking the status of Highway 166 and when that might open. Well, 166 east on the uh, San Luis Obispo side is open all the way to Kern County. It's only at State State Route 33. Uh, in the San Joaquin Valley, where travelers will implement, will see the closure, but 166 on the San Luis Obispo County side uh, remains uh, fully open. 805-543-8830 if you want in on the conversation. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, Lynn is texting, and hi, Lynn. What priority do you give to all the awful potholes we now have? Uh, top priority, uh, there is a uh, system where uh, uh, the public can go online and submit uh, what's called a customer service request. Uh, those come into our uh, District 5 uh, via email. We welcome uh, the public to either email, to text, to uh, uh, give us a phone call. Typically, uh, the pothole issue is one that really raises uh, its head uh, after we have these major uh, winter storms. So it is a top priority. We understand there's a safety component uh, to doing these repairs. So if anyone uh, sees uh, potholes, they're encouraged to contact uh, our office. Also on the Stolberg-Tatum text line, listener wants to know about the roundabouts on Highway 227. I'd broaden that question, please. What's, what's your thinking about roundabouts in general? You support the idea of traffic roundabouts, Richard? Yes, they've uh, pro- proven to be um, uh, re- reduce um, uh, serious accidents by like seventy plus percent. So um, severe accidents um, um, go away. Those broadsides you see at a at a signalized intersection, you don't see those those severe accidents like that. Somebody running a light. All right. So what's the status on two twenty seven? Well, there um, we're working with. Um, the San Luis Obispo um, COG office, they're the ones that are um, uh, taking over the um, the next phase of that. Uh, and so I, I, we're still coordinating with them on the, on the next next part of that. So I'm not sure if uh, Jim might know what. I think exactly that's a that good is. summary, Rich. And, and, and just to I- expand on that, wherever we have implemented a roundabout, uh, it has definitely improved safety, and, and typically there's a learning curve when these new projects go in. Uh, the 46 West at Vineyard, uh, there was some skepticism about its success, but once that project goes in, people get to know it, to navigate it. Uh, the complaints, the concerns disappear. The same thing with uh, the one in Santa Barbara County, uh, Highway 246 at La Parisima Road. There were uh, very strong voices who said, well, that roundabout will never work uh, the same at 154 and 246. All of these locations has resulted in uh, pr- 
practically the elimination of those uh, severe uh, broadside collisions. Uh, I think that we could testify about the, the safety of uh, roundabouts uh, all day and, and half the night. They're a proven and efficient uh, way uh, to improve uh, locations where there have been a history of, of incidents. I had a traffic uh, guy teaches traffic at Cal Poly. He was here a couple of weeks ago. He says that roundabouts reduce accidents by 90%. It's pretty close, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the Stolberg-Tatum text line, this is what we do now in radio, Jim. We just read text messages. I um, noticed. Yeah. Ron <laughs> in Paso. Hey, Ron. Why do the roads in Slow County seem to be rougher than our neighboring counties? Well, it depends, I think, on the road that you're talking about. Presumably, you're talking about the state highway system, which in this area would be 1-101-4146. Um, you know, most of our, our major roadways have been resurfaced in recent years. There's very few areas uh, in all of District 5, I would say, that have not had a, a good resurfacing uh, in the past uh, five, six years. And then we come back and do maintenance resurfacing. So I would say overall, roadways in District 5 are in, in very good condition. It would probably help if you're going to text in on the road ex- to give us examples of the roads that you're talking about. So my guests can respond to specific roads. Right. And we should also, you know, explain that sometimes people uh, don't understand or mistake. Uh, they don't know that, let's say, for instance, Los Osos Valley Road, uh, Madonna Road, um, Johnson Avenue, uh, Marsh. Uh, that's either under the jurisdiction of the city or the county. So when you talk about Caltrans, we're, again, 101, uh, 46, 41, 1, 166, the major uh, state highways. All right, we'll come back for a final segment with Richard Rosales and Jim Shivers. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. All right, this is the last segment. I guess everyone's happy with their highways and the byways. Everybody is like Caltrans. They're just doing a great job. We are. Good job, guys. We are. Thank Good you. job. Thank you. Uh, 805-543-8830. Paul's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Paul. Hello, Dave. I just heard the tail end of this. And have you guys talked about Highway 227 yet? What about the it? pothole? No, tell us about it. Well, my neighbor got a flat tire uh, last week because of uh, a giant pothole on 227. And this has been an ongoing problem, and I've I've called into your show a couple times. I've even uh, called uh, Caltrans, the local division, and complained because that road, every time we get a little rain, just a little bit of rain, the potholes open up on that on that road. Well, I would say, you know, give us a call at the Public Affairs Office. We can send our maintenance crews out, 805-549-3237. Puts you right in tune to the Public Information Officer for uh, San Luis Obispo County. Uh, and we'll dispatch our maintenance forces uh, uh, to come out and, and look at that and, and make the necessary repairs. Do you get a lot of those kind of calls, Jim? Do you get people calling in talking about potholes? Uh, well, it's potholes. It's also Everything related to uh, traffic safety issues, uh, traffic signal uh, timing-related uh, issues, uh, general inquiries about uh, what roads are open, 
um, that kind of thing. So we do field phone calls uh, and uh, emails uh, all the time. Paul? Well, I, I think there's something wrong with that. You guys repaved it about five or six years ago, and ever since you did that, this has been an ongoing problem. It's not about just calling in and having potholes filled while people get flat tires. You know, it. there's something wrong with the paving job that, that happened there. I don't know if you guys put the material on too thin or if it was just a bad batch or what's going on, but it's an ongoing problem. I mean, I invite anybody to drive down 227 and see how bad that road is with all the, the patches that you've had to put in. And, and that will play into our – we do a pavement survey every year, and that, that plays into that. So um, looking at those type of uh, failures, localized failures, and, um, and, and you know, what it will take on the next, um, the next uh, pavement project that goes through there, you know, what, uh, what type of um, – what, what do we do different, basically? And, and if there is an issue that maintenance can't resolve, then the next step is to kick it up to our maintenance engineers. And if there's some uh, water issue that might be contributing to that, then we kick this issue up to our, our, our engineering division, and then they can take a, a closer look. But typically, maintenance is step one. Engineering would be step two. Yeah, it's definitely some sort of a water issue because it – it happens every time it rains. It, it, and I know that when it rains, when I drive 227, I have to be watching for the potholes because they're going to be there. And it doesn't matter how little it rains. It just doesn't take much, and, and they open up. So All I right. hope you guys fix it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Paul. Thank you. Anybody else? 805-543-8830 on the Stolberg-Tatum line. The rims on my car are $800 a piece. If I hit a pothole, my car will tell me if my tire is leaking air. Will the city, county, or state replace it? So far, I've replaced three on my car in 82,000 miles. Well, we do have a, a, a process uh, uh, and a damage claim form. So if a traveler uh, sustains damage to their vehicle, uh, to their property uh, that can be proven to be related to uh, work being done by Caltrans. There is a process where uh, citizens can uh, submit the damage claim form. Uh, we have a legal claims division here in San Luis Obispo, uh, and there is a process uh, for, for damage. A listener on the Stolberg Tatum text line wants to know about the progress on Highway 33. Uh do not have an update. Thirty-three in um, in Ventura County. I know that that know. part of it is closed. I don't so, get I don't yeah. get details on the text I, line. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't have an update on that. That uh, our our. Um, we only we only know that thirty-three is closed uh, at uh, the far end of one sixty-six East, uh, which is uh, our neighboring District Six. But again, one sixty-six East. Uh, from Santa Maria through Cuyama East, uh, you you will run into a closure at State Route yeah. 33, is all I know. Well, this is the first time we've had somebody from Caltrans on, and nobody has called in yet asking about the Pismo Beach Lane, where north of Spyglass it goes from three lanes down to two lanes. And, Richard, I'm going to put you on the spot. Why doesn't that lane go all the way down to Spyglass? Well, when... when There's that... a tradition on this show. That question always comes up. Well, it was... <laughs> Particularly to, to tackle one one issue, and that was uh, to uh, slow moving trucks, and that third lane was needed for the uh, a truck lane, and uh, it that's particularly 
you know, did it jobs for the link that that was that was um, added to the uh, to the system was to get slower moving vehicles over there, and then they they merge in back into the uh, to the what would be the number two lane. So um, it wasn't meant to um, to act as an auxiliary lane as you as we see around here in San Luis Obispo, where it merges right into a, the the second um, off ramp. But now what happens is that. All, all the tourists are coming around the, car, uh, the curve, and they see the ocean for the first time because they haven't seen it since they left San Francisco. And what do they all do? They all move over the far right lane. <laughs> and then they see the lanes ending, and then they come back. So when I drive, I, go, I just go in the number one lane to stay away from them, keep it clear. And we do have a project uh, on the books, uh, moving closer to construction, now going through the environmental process. It's the Pismo Congestion Relief Project. It will add a part-time lane along the inner uh, uh, portion of the freeway uh, at the center median. So how does a part-time lane work? So when um, at a certain time uh, during the the heavy peak, so a p.m. peak, um, it'll be operable. So you'll be able to drive on the shoulder. We'll widen it out um, sufficient for a vehicle um, to travel on it. And then um, off-peak, it becomes a... a shoulder again, so it's a part-time shoulder. What do the traffic numbers show? We have more traffic on 101. You study that. I don't have that information. But what's your I, sense? Is there more traffic? I, I think it gets heavier and heavier every year. Right. I don't have traffic data, but as someone who drives that section uh, home in well, South well, County well, every just day, traffic, just traffic uh, in general on the on the 101. And the highway one, is there more traffic in the county? A part of me thinks that it is, but then I see more people working more from home. So I don't know. Well, just coming to the show, uh, you know, this afternoon, I came in on 227 and I saw the long line of cars going south on 227. So that hasn't changed, despite the fact that many people, including much of our staff, is teleworking. Uh, the 101 commute in the morning through Shell Beach seems to be busier uh, than ever. But I think certainly on the whole, there's uh, traffic volumes. And again, I'm far from, far from being a traffic engineer, but typically uh, traffic volumes do uh, rise over as the years go by, typically mm-hmm. in, in the busiest locations. Richards, we start to wrap things up for people who just uh, tuned in during the second half of the show. Let's remind them, please, of what's happening on Highway 1. What's the status of Highway 1? So Highway 1 is currently closed from <clears throat> the uh, Elephant Seal Vista uh, point up to um, past Paul Slides at, um, what was the name of that northern section again? I always forget. Uh, Mill, Mill Creek. Uh, Mill Creek. Okay, so um, or Lime Creek. I'm Lime sorry. Creek. Lime we have, Creek. We have three active slides in the um, <clears throat> just uh, south of uh, of Ragged Point uh, by the county line and uh, north of the county line, and it's in such a, a state of a state that um, there's no access. So the, there's actually um, residents that live in that area that that cannot um, leave. Um, leave to go north or south and kind of um, trapped in there. And we're working with Mon County um, Emergency Management, um, and they're, they're working with the sheriff and the Big Sur Fire Department on how to um, resupply those, um, those residents. That's going to be a challenge. And then, Jim, sounds like good news on Highway 46 East. 
46 East, uh, again, uh, decades-long commitment to improve safety. And to anyone who drives 46 East, I mean, what a joy, what a relief to see two lanes each direction, a safer environment uh, for for all travelers. So we're very proud of what we've done out there on 46 East. Now, we just have to keep Lance happy and do something about the restrooms, and we can all go home. <laughs> Well, we want to see those open as much as yes. uh, anyone, Dave. And just a, a quick shout-out to <clears throat> all of our uh, Caltrans maintenance uh, workers and engineers where, you know, you think about every single rainstorm, they are the frontline people that have been out there day and night uh, trying to clear roadways and improve infrastructure out there. So, so slow down, watch out for Caltrans workers, and don't litter. Don't litter and observe all related traffic signs as it relates to flooding and closed roads. Yes, uh, and don't please. be the person that goes around those signs. Uh, yes. They're there for a reason. All right. Thanks to Jim Shivers and Richard Rosales. Richard, anything you want to say in closing? No, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. All right, Jim, you got the last word. Uh, Caltrans is great. Uh, what makes Caltrans great is the people that work there, whether it's maintenance, construction, our management team. Uh, despite the scrutiny that we get on a daily basis, it's a wonderful place to work, and it's a, it's made up of an incredibly talented group of people. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Sam Cotton up next. I'm Dave Congleton. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.